to another episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, uh, Jordan Lopez. Um, Jordan Mackey, a.k.a. J-Mac, could not make today's episode. Um, kind of really wanted him to be on today's show. Uh, he's having some technical difficulties, unfortunately. We'll have him back on the next one. Um, but... Uh, let's go ahead and jump in today's great episode we got lined up for you guys today. We're going to be going over Vance Joseph and whether or not he should ensure or should not be fired. Going to kind of take a different perspective on today's episode as opposed to the last one. We kind of go over some pros and cons, um, why he should be fired, why he should not be fired. Kind of seeing the different perspective between different, uh, you know, kind of seeing the different uh, story and not just kind of going down here and bashing him. Um, we're going to kind of see both angles from this. Um, before we go and jump into this long episode, we're kind of going over the defense and how how you guys, uh, how we can kind of fix it this season. Um, Jordan, how are you doing today, brother? Doing a little bit better. I've gone over the loss a bit uh, against the commanders, but still a little bit, you know, furious, but I've gone over it a bit. Yeah, tough loss, obviously. And, you know, the biggest root over the Broncos losing the first two games is the defense. And that is a perfect segue into today's episode. I'm talking about what specifically has gone wrong for the Broncos defensively this year. I just want to go ahead and throw out some, you know, stats uh, for the Broncos in 2022 through the first two games. Their defense had five sacks, a forced fumble and a pick and 26 points allowed. Whereas the first two games of 2023, the Broncos defense has had four sacks, no forced fumbles, a pick. 52 points allowed, which is two times the amount of that 26 points allowed in the first two games in 2022. So that is just really, really bad. Something's got to change. Something's got to be fixed in practice. And it's, and obviously in game this this week, starting with the Dolphins, a very, very, I would say our first actual tough task this year for the Broncos defense. Um, defensive EPA this year, they're 30th. Red zone D, they're 23rd. Three and out percentage, they're 30th. Off opponent explosive plays, they are 27th. And defensive penalties, they are 32nd. I mean, those last two ones, those fall on Van Joseph big time. I talked about it in our last show. You can't tell me that, you know, tackling and, you know, penalties, just unnecessary, needless penalties do not fall back on Van Joseph because I really do think they do. These are things that can be fi fixed in practice. Um, and I th really hope that they start this week by, you know, I've, they're going up, you know, Vance Joseph, the uh, Vance Joseph's defense and Mike McDaniel's offense, two really, really good uh, coaches who like to, you know, make sure that um, teams are really highly uh, disciplined. Um, so I feel like you got to win, you know, the the um, the battle between, you know, penalties, um, you know, be the one that has obviously less penalties uh, at the end of the game. Um, but those these are things that have got to be fixed as soon as this week, because, like I said, it's a tough test, tough task with the Dolphins. Yeah, it's going to be a really tough task. I remember last year when. Idra Evero would give up, like, let's say 19 points and fans would be mad. I was like, you're going to miss him when he's gone because uh, these 19 points, uh, they're still – like, it, it, just, it just sucks now because, like, we see it now, like, the, the major difference between him and Vance Joseph. Even you can say Vic, Vic Fangio to Vance Joseph, it's it's been bad. Uh, you can tell just on-the-field product is not there. The team tackling, which you have mentioned, Amir, just not good at all. PFF ranked them as the fourth worst team so far in the season as in terms of team tackling. So I think that also falls on Vance Joseph because we had that same problem when he was the head coach here in 2017 uh, and 18. So, yeah, so far the defense has not been good. And, yeah, I'm telling you guys, you're going to miss him when he's gone. And Evero, he's doing good things with the Panthers right now, even though they're 0-2. But, yeah, you can tell that there's a big difference between uh, the two. Yeah, and I mean, the commander's offense in week two, they're three of 10 at third down, so that's 30%. 
conversion percentage. And uh, the Broncos still managed to allow 388 total yards and 35 points scored to a Sam Howell led offense. And, you know, credit, I, I know last episode we were kind of, you know, repeatedly saying how would we lose to a Sam Howell offense and credit to Sam Howell. I thought he played a really good game. He does deserve credit. Um, I feel like that's kind of gone under the bridge a little bit with Broncos fans is he actually looks like it could be their franchise quarterback. I know he's just under, he has three, uh, only three starts under his belt, but his first road win like that to play that well, put up 35 with like a bad offensive line. He deserves a lot of credit. I'm not going to lie. He, um, I, I would just like to give him his flowers a little bit here on the pod, but, um, the fact that the Broncos were th- allowed three, only three out of 10 on third down, that's really, really damn good. Seven, you're talking about seven third downs, you force them to punt or either go for it on fourth down. That's really, really good. But 35 points scored, I think that pretty much signifies that the Broncos are really bad defense on first and second down. Early downs, they really struggle to um, prevent teams from, you know, forcing that third down. Um, and it's just kind of like becoming a, a downfall of this team. And I hope that's something Vance Joseph, Vance Joseph can fix. But you mentioned the tackling, and that's where I want to go and start off for reasons why Vance Joseph should not continue on as the Broncos defensive coordinator is teaching. Undisciplined tackling was a major issue for the Broncos in 2017 and 2018 under VJ as the head coach here in Denver. Um, players are using very, very poor fundamentals, which I would like to say that St. Bassey has been one of those who has been a little bit inconsistent, but all around has been a really elite tackler, in my opinion. I mean, he has just came up and had some really good plays, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, coming up, helping in the run game. I think St. Bassey is really, like, once a guy gets to him, it's like he's not really guaranteed to get past him because I think Bassey is a really underrated tackler i'm just want to you know put that out and give him his flowers here on the show um like i said players using four poor fundamentals uh tackling recklessly i feel like last year players are a lot more patiently kind of sitting back waiting for those tackles um rather than just coming up and kind of you know not being very uh you know fundamental with their tackles not really wrapping their arms around the ankles kind of just you know one arming certain you know plays um, letting guys kind of get past them very easily it's very you know reckless tackling and that's a very these are all things that are you know should be addressed in practice these are all things that were issue under Vance Joseph's defense uh, in 2017 and 18 um, these are things that should be addressed in practice and we're talking about addressing them this week for the Dolphins but realistically this should be stuff that was being started you know in by by mini camp this should be you know should, should have been stuff that was being worked on as early as then even though the pads weren't on this should be you know main focuses in the film room and everything and i think van joseph really just kind of was very unprepared with how he uh got this defense uh ready for week one and week two um everything just looks very very sloppy and i think there's a there's mud on a lot of people's hands but i think it starts with the the defensive coordinator van joseph and i think this is a major reason why he should be fired i mean when a defense goes from being a top five unit to you know i just listed off all those rankings where you're hearing them being 30th and 32nd in multiple categories i don't know if van joseph is either coaching it or if he's allowing it to happen because if he's allowing it to happen that's not a good thing and if he's coaching it also not a good thing so at least we have sean Payne as the head coach he's big on coaching the coaches so i'm hoping he can get better just under sean Payne and just learning from his mistakes really keying on keying in on the details and uh you know fixing the mistakes but yeah vance joseph just team-wise tackling like you mentioned and all that just hasn't been crisp and good to start off and he had the same struggles back in 2017 when he was the head coach here in denver uh i even went back to the pff grades back in 2017 and in week one they were one of the worst tackling teams on that in that week so it's it looks like that it's translated 
from 2017 all the way to 2023. So it's just like so weird to me, like how this team like literally goes back to exactly what it was so long ago. Like these are a lot of the same talent. Like a lot of people are, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show, but like a lot of people are talking about how it's a lot of the same talent. And like some people th thinking that it's just regression from our playmakers, but I don't even know if it's exactly that. Cause how do you regress that bad from week 18 last year to week one and week two, literally not like six months separated. Like yeah. I, I just don't get it, man. It makes, um, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Not six months, eight months, but you know, I digress. Um, my next point I want to bring up is play calling. Play calling reasons he should be fired. I mean, just high use of zone coverage. We talked a lot about in our last episode. And his resistance to kind of adjust his scheme um, based off of that. And no matter the circumstance, it just seems like he kind of rides with the same coverage throughout the whole game. Um, I mean, just very questionable blitz packages as well. Um, I, I think those are like two, those are some big things as to why Van Joseph should be fired. Um, a lot of that play calling just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't think it's been the biggest issue, but like, just putting your positions in bad, you know, putting your players in bad positions uh, to make plays. And a lot of those guys, we talked a lot about Damari Mathis. He's a very good corner in man coverage, but he's yeah. always sitting back in zone coverage while PS2 is kind of in man coverage. Just doesn't really make, make much sense to me. And that's one of those things where it's like, even the, the a Madden player can realize those, um, you know, kind of one-on-one -on -one matchups and uh, kind of depict that and adjust that throughout a game. And Van Joseph has just kind of been like very picky as to how he uses his matchups one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of the blitz packages. That's a big thing for me, which I also said as a con, so we can link those two together. I mean, the blitz packages just for me have not been there. He's been sending – like whenever he blitz, it's either just, just five or maybe even six. I mean – I'm a, at least for me, I like very aggressive defensive play callers. That's why I love Brian Flores and what he does on the defensive side. Even though people won't admit that the Vikings defense has not been better this year, it has been. They've just been playing really good teams. And even though the Bucks weren't that good of a team, they still did a lot better. But in terms of Vance Joseph, the, the blitzes haven't been as uh, dangerous as you would think, especially for the opposing quarterback like Sam Howell. You would want him to be under pressure and then just only sending five and maybe a delayed six man coming off like the weak side. Just it hasn't been there for me, especially him underutilizing Drew Sanders, too, especially when he can be a big factor in blitzes and all that. Just I think that just falls on him, poor coaching and poor uh, personnel management on him, too. Yeah, exactly. I like that last part. Personal management. I mean, we've seen even issues with it like that in Arizona as well. And we're seeing it here in Denver and even in, during his uh, you know tenure as the head coach here with the Broncos. And um, what are some other reasons you would say are kind of the reasons why you believe Van Joseph uh, should be fired, um, you know, if not next week or, you know, as soon as possible? So, I mean, another thing it would just be like the creativity with defense, right? I think you can kind of lump that in with blitzes as well, just being more creative. But even when you're not blitzing, right, you're only sending four and stuff. Like, I think he can just be a lot more creative. I've mentioned it on previous episodes, how Evero was like at the master of doing that, having two of our same edge rushers on the same side, just causing confusion and all that. We don't, we haven't seen that much, especially with already our pass rush struggling as it is. And especially going into week three in Miami, that we we have to get pressure on the quarterback. It just the, the creativity or the lack of creativity is not there, and the pass rush win rate is not there as well. I even tweeted it, and uh, you retweeted it as well. 
I mean, we're like below average on pass rush win rate, and it shouldn't be like that. I think we have good enough pass rushers to be not one of the best, but at least average, right? At least that 15 to 14, 13 range of being good for pass rushers. But, I mean, the win rate is not there. I know some of it falls on the players not winning their one-on-ones. But, again, like you said before, Amir, I think you got to put them in better positions to succeed, right? There's no way that Evro can have those guys balling out, right? Like Jonathan Cooper was having a great year with him. And even Randy Gregor, when he was healthy, he was doing he was doing good. Just mix matching everyone on the defensive line. And then to this year, just really, you know, again, the, the lack of creativity and just not getting to the quarterback efficiently is just a big, big negative for me. Yeah, and you you said it best. I mean, how does Evero go for and there's obviously a large margin between those two. How does Evero go from basically the same roster and having guys like Baron Browning out last year? He's out this year as well. Having Baron Browning out, I mean, having other pass rushers as well out, and he's still able to, you know, maximize those guys' potential. I mean, it, it speaks to measures about how large that margin is between Zero Evero and Vance Joseph, and it's going to cause the Broncos some games this year if they continue to move forward with him as the defensive coordinator. And the lack of creativity, you said it best. I mean, there is just absolutely no creativity. The pre- the, the the linebacker blitzes are as simple as it can be. I mean, those the offensive linemen pick up those assignments and those, uh, you know, free runners very easily. Um, it, it just very basic down to the T. And I don't think if they're – I don't know if he's going to really add much more creativity, especially against a really talented Dolphins O-line, if it's going to get any better whatsoever. I mean, we just – I'll keep saying it. We just faced two of our easiest opponents of the year in terms of offense, and we still were able – not able to capitalize off our offense, you know, balling out, uh, especially in week two. Um, so – now, they obviously did have their uh, their question marks there in the uh, third quarter, but um, they did well enough with 33 points to win this football game. But unfortunately, Vance Joseph and this defense really holding down the team. Um, so let's go ahead and start taking a look at the different side of things. Reasons that some Broncos fans believe Vance Joseph should not be fired after just two weeks with the Broncos. And obviously, I would like to preface this by saying that Vance Joseph is not going to be fired relatively soon i mean it would have to take us losing very 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 badly to the miami dolphins which is still possible um but i'm i'm kind of eyeing that week nine bye week as a potential out for the broncos of vance joseph and christian parker getting his early um start as a broncos defensive coordinator um so i don't think it's anytime soon that he will be fired but this is just kind of our belief that he should be fired um and that would just be like an early start for the broncos but Reasons he should not be fired being mentioned by fans is, uh, like I mentioned, it just being too early. It could be an early slump for Vance Joseph in the defense. They could pick up th- things relatively soon. Well, although, um, like I said, there's got to be you know more creativity. There's just got to be better discipline up front, better teaching on Vance Joseph's part. I mean, the scheme is really, really bad. The game plan is really, really bad. I mean, Eric Bannemi completely exposed him last week, um, and that's, that's at the very least. Um, I, I think... Um, you know, his defensive scheme, that 3-4 scheme with Vance Joseph, is a version of what Vic Fangio ran in Denver. So it's not like one of those things where it's like, yeah, Sean Payton, his offense might get off a little bit slow, like how conservative it was in week one. 
where it's like that's a whole new offense that Sean Payton is having to teach to all these guys. But with Vance Joseph, this scheme is a lot of these guys know this scheme. It's not like they're switched from a three four to a four three. They're in a three four still. It's a very you know very similar version to what Vic Fangio ran here in Denver with some a lot of the familiar faces with like Josie Jewell. I mean um, Justin Simmons. Both of those guys have now been through all three of these defenses um, dating back to 2017. So it's like. I don't know. It, to me, it's like you can't really blame it too much on the players, um, but also you can't blame it too much on Vance Joseph because a lot of these guys do know the scheme. So that's why I feel like it falls back just a lot of like on the teaching and fundamentals, like the simple things. Like it's not always like a scheme thing. I, I do think it is to a certain degree, especially in the secondary, but like how from how early it is, I do see like some people's um, kind of arguments on that. Um and, you know, like I said, it just could be too early to fire Vance Joseph. Um, I, I, I do think that Sean Payne is going to give him some lengthy time to at least that bye week to figure things out. But right now, man, the way that we're seeing the defense rank last in the league with a lot of talent, it's very worrisome. Yeah, and for me, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record. And, of course, I agree with everything that you said. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I would say in terms of Vance Joseph's uh, growth here as a D.C. here in Denver, it's important to note that we a true head coach in Sean Payton, coaching all three phases of the team is big because we have other coaches in the league right now that are just play callers as a head coach. And as much as I love Mike McDaniel, he you can tell he only focuses on the offensive side of the ball. Vic Fangio handles everything on the def- defense, and the special teams quarter handles everything with the special teams. At least with Sean Payton, he's involved in every single phase of the game, everything around the building. So Again, coaching the coaches is a big thing, so I won't, you know, mention that again. But also, I think another big reason why he shouldn't be fired, just continuity. Uh, you can't have a guy let go this early in the season just causing a whole bunch of, you know, ripple effects around the building, the organizations just so early into the season. You don't know how players are going to react to it as well. And again, if we look back to the Cardinals last year, right, they had their se- their home opener, which is their season opener against Eric Bieniemy and the Chiefs back then last year. Gave up 44 points. Week two, gave up 23 against the Raiders. And then after that, Vance Joseph and his defense kind of settled in a bit. He gave up 20 to the Rams, 16 to the Panthers, 20 to the Eagles, where the Eagles had a really high-powered offense last year, 19 to the Seahawks. The Seahawks had a very, very good offense last year. So he kind of settled in as the season went on. So that's another positive outlook that you can look for. I don't think Vance Joseph, again, like you said, will be fired. But, again, that continuity – you know, we should continue with that. And unless things go really off the rails and it's like a shootout against Miami, like 53-50, and it's getting like really bad, like the only way we could win is if we have the ball last. I mean, then we can start having that conversation, really letting him go early. But right now we just got to stay with the continuity of the defense and Vance Joseph. Yeah, and another reason that uh, those are great points you bring up there, by the way, and another reason that uh, some p- people may believe the Broncos should not part ways with uh, Vance Joseph this early is uh, regression by the defensive playmakers. This is probably one of the more common ones I have seen on social media. Um, you know, pass rushers may not be as talented as we thought. I know uh, you uh, that's kind of refuting your statement earlier in this episode, but maybe they just not are as talented as we initially thought. They're balling out in camp, but I mean, that was against our Broncos, uh, you know, backups and stuff, and know Nick Benito had a tremendous camp but that was kind of you know being lined up a lot against Isaiah Prince who's now on the Falcons 53-man roster um he did have a good game uh don't get me wrong um you know against uh, Charles Leno Jr. with the commanders but he's not the greatest tackle he's not the brightest tackle so all around like 
our defensive playmakers regressing and just not being a talented unit in general, that could be the reason that maybe this defense doesn't look as great under Vance Joseph as it does under Azio Evero. I personally disagree, but I mean, there is an argument to be made there. I mean, I, I do definitely think that our pass rush is not as good this year as it was last year. I will say that um, not having Bradley Chubb, um, who obviously has fallen off with the Dolphins, but he was really solid um, before the trade deadline with the Broncos last year. I will say that. Um, but all in all, like there are, there is an argument to be made about like just in general about our defensive roster, just not being as good as we thought. No. Yeah. 100% valid. I mean, the playmakers, either they're hurt or they, they're not here, but most of them are hurt. I mean, to start off, Caden Stearns was a big playmaker for the defense last year, even with the limited snaps that he had. He had that big fumble against the uh, San Francisco 49ers, I believe, to seal the yeah. game. I mean, he was a big-time playmaker back there. And now you can tell the difference between Caden Stearns and Kareem Jackson, how that's played out so far. Uh, I would even include Riley Moss into that conversation because I Iowa, he was a ball hawk, and we heard in rookie minicamp that he was balling out, causing havoc, creating turnovers and all that. So you can even make an argument that not having Riley Moss out there hurts the defense. Kwan Williams being out too, I mean – He's just such a great corner to not be on the field. I mean, that can also hurt Vance Joseph in that defense. So very valid points with the lack of playmakers that we have on defense right now, whether injury-wise or something else. But like Baron Browning, someone else that we forgot, I forgot to mention right there. I mean, he was arguably one of our talented pass rushers on the team. Yeah. So, yeah, the lack of playmakers for sure can be a reason why, even though I believe that there are ways to get around it, especially the way Evro did which was, again, we talked about the creativity, but mm-hmm. I 100% agree that the playmakers can play a big factor in the defense of regressing a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I will not disagree with that at all. And you brought up a lot of good points with those starters in the secondary with injuries. I mean, Vance Joseph allowed 265 passing yards per game uh, in 2007, uh, 2018, I believe, um, with the Broncos as the head coach. And they're already on pace to looking like a, a defense like that. They allowed uh, just under 300 to Sam Howell uh, this last Sunday. So um, obviously those injuries are playing a factor. So I will not argue with people on that. K1 Williams, one of the most underrated slot corners in the league. But to counter that, I mean, it's saying Bassey's played really, really solid. I mean, you can't yeah. ignore that. So that is a point to be brought up. Um, Damari Mathis, though, I will I will say, even though I feel like Vance Joseph isn't putting him in the best, you know, positions to make plays, he when his opportunity is there to kind of lock up his receiver, he is getting like shaken really bad on routes. And that it that does fall on Damari Mathis. You're not, you know, executing your job on the field. Um, so I will say that. And then obviously, like you said, the injuries are one of the big points as to why Van Joseph should not be fired. Um, just a lot of those guys that he did start off the offseason with are not here. Um, so Another the one of the last points I actually want to bring up for today's episode and why he should not be fired is not having a short term like strong replacement. And that's kind of the opinion of a lot of other people. I do think Christian Parker would be immediately a better option advanced Joseph. That's just my kind of take on it. I know it's a kind of a wild take, but. Um, 31-year-old DB's coach, Christian Parker, is he ready to be a, a coordinator this early, especially in only week three or uh, maybe for the, for the, the matter of, you know, this week, um, you know, already shaping underway? Uh, I know you mentioned that they're going to be uh, soon traveling to Miami uh, for this uh, away game. So obviously they're not going to fire him this week. But, you know, just for, um, you know, scenarios purposes, um, would Christian Parker be ready as soon as week four for the Chicago Bears to be the um, – defensive coordinator i'm not sure i mean there's a lot a lack of experience like i said he's only 31 years old he would immediately be one of the youngest uh, coordinators in the nfl if not the youngest i mean 
And another thing is like he technically is a part of the problem too. I mean, you can't ignore it. You can't say Christian Parker is the best, uh, you know, coach on this team altogether. He is part of the problem. The DBs have been really, really bad at tackling, and that's his job in practice to make sure that's cleaned up. And he hasn't done it. I mean, uh, there's like I said earlier in the episode, there's mud on everybody's hands. Uh, kind of like how Sean Payne said earlier this offseason about last year's coaching staff. There's already we're already seeing mud on you know several hands of the defensive coaching staff. Um, but my whole my whole kind of take is like from a whole scheme standpoint, I think Christian Parker kind of keep the defense and in, intact and kind of uh, you know retrieve a lot of that success we saw last year with the zero Evero because he's one of the few coaches that did uh, you know obviously. W- obviously did uh, was retained by George Payne and Sean Payton along with uh, defensive line coach Marcus Dixon. So um, there's definitely an argument to be made there. Um, and I won't sit here and praise Christian Parker because he is a part of the problem too. Yeah. It's interesting to see and hear others opinions about Christian Parker. You know, a lot of people want him as a DC this year and, you know, we've heard a lot of praise about Christian Parker, whether it was from Fangio or Evro or even Sean Payton, when Payne was talking about the young coaches they have on the staff that could be future head coaches. So he has his fair share of, you know, compliments that he's had. But again, we've heard this off season that they, they were keeping the same scheme and strategy that they utilized with Evro and that Christian Parker is utilizing this with this defense. Well, it hasn't paid out, you know, the way it did last year. So again, there, there's mud on everyone's hands, like you said, but will Christian Parker be ready? That's, Obviously, the uh, million-dollar question everyone wants to know on Twitter, especially because everyone wants to get rid of Vance Joseph. But yeah, it, it is interesting to see. I think Christian Parker has a bright future ahead of him, especially in the coaching-wise. But I don't know if he's going to be ready just yet. I mean, obviously, Sean Payne would know a lot better than us. But, yeah, it, it is interesting to have that conversation. So wrapping up our segment with our reasons why Vance Joseph should not be fired, what is kind of like one last thing you have in mind for why you believe – the Broncos should wait a little bit if Vance Joseph Joseph does continue to struggle. And just in general, like why would you give him a few more chances to prove himself? I think the biggest or one of the biggest reasons why, and again, I think I alluded to earlier, but I really didn't elaborate on it. It has to be a big part of the locker room. That locker room in Denver is tight, especially that defensive locker room. And having a head coach, or not a head coach, a defensive coordinator like Vance Joseph, gone I think we've heard a couple of the players before I think Justin Simmons has talked about it before and the praise he's given Vance Joseph and all the, on all the other uh, defensive players that were there when Vance Joseph was the head coach they talked highly about Vance Joseph just his character the personality the you know just the human that he is so I think just letting go of him this early I think will cause a problem in the locker room especially Sean Payton being his first year here just really you know want a lot of results immediately but again i don't think you can let a coach like that especially someone that resonates with the locker room and again players really like a lot and i know it's a business but i think right now week two way too early i think you hit the nail on the head with waiting till week nine which is the bye week for us mm-hmm. um i think that would be a better scenario but yeah right now just don't think it's the right time um, especially with a whole bunch of important games coming up. We're only one back of the division, and our division may be looking a little weak, especially with the Chiefs and the lack of playmakers they have. So I wouldn't give up on Vance Joseph just yet. I mentioned earlier his defense started to gain momentum after the two weeks they had last year. Um, I did not check um, previous years, but I'm assuming 
and that, that's a trend with Vance Joseph, and we can only hope that uh, he improves starting uh, in week three against Miami. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, firing Vance Joseph was immediately sent a, a, a bad message to the locker room, especially considering how much of a locker room guy he is in the first place. And um, a lot of those guys seem like they connect with him on a personal level. I mean, I've spoken with a few uh, players in the DB room that really, really like Vance Joseph. Um, obviously, he's uh, he's he's like a former DB's coach as well, I believe, uh, dating back to his time with the Miami Dolphins. So, and, uh, ironically enough, he's playing them this week. But um yeah, it would be. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, another thing that I want to. One last thing. I know I said that was my last point, but one last thing I want to bring up is like, do we really have to fire Vance Joseph? Like, we could just hang over the play calling duties to Christian Parker if it really yeah. does get that bad. Like the teaching and everything. That's not down to play calling that's got to be fixed in practice and everything it's got to be fixed in game as well make those adjustments on the sidelines you know correct those guys um and that falls on everybody um not just christian parker and van joseph but i mean you don't really have to fire van joseph if you don't like the play calling and the scheme of everything you could just hand over the play calling duties to um christian parker i mean I, I really think uh, Sean Payne, I don't I just don't see him giving up on Van Joseph as his DC and kind of sending that poor message to the entire organization um this early in the season, let alone the bye week. Like I even struggle to think about that. Like after the bye week, if the Broncos are somewhat in the playoff race and like the hunt, firing Van Joseph, I don't know if that would be the best move for your your uh, team because you you did bring up a really good point because like if you fire Van Joseph this early, you might see some stuff like last year where you start to lose control of the locker room a little bit. And I'm not saying that Sean Payne will. I think he has a really good grasp on the locker room and everybody's behind him. But I, I think that's just something to think about. I think that's the best point of all. I'm actually kind of mad I didn't even think about that. I just kind of gloss over my head. I mean, I won't compare it to what happened last year when Nathaniel Hackett gave up play calling duties to Justin Outen. But, it, it, I mean, you can compare in a way of just, you know, just getting rid of, you know, the better of the team lack of, right? Just Van Joseph handing over the keys, technically, play calling-wise to Christian Parker, seeing if that has to do something with, you know, just the defense in general and on game day. Maybe Christian Parker dials up a bit more blitzes, more creative blitzes, stuff like that. So I think that is probably the more logical one out of all the uh, points that we brought up. It's just handing over the play calls to Christian Parker. Um, I actually like that idea a lot. I know it won't happen right now, but for sure it can happen yeah. in the near future. Because, again, Vance Joseph is not getting fired. For anybody that does want him out and think he deserves to be fired, that's your opinion. But he is not going to be let go this early. Or I would even say throughout the whole year, I, I don't think it makes sense at all. What does make sense is handing over the play calling duties to Christian Parker. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I think that's the most logical move that they'll make if anything happens on, on that coaching staff. Yeah, and worst comes to worst, if it does come to that, I mean, if Vance Joseph is kind of one of those things where even with last year with Justin out, we were kind of like, I mean, what is he, if he's not calling plays, what is he doing at this point? It could turn out to be like that with Vance Joseph. And worst comes to worst, I mean, they just fire him. You know, let's say they miss the Broncos are eliminated from playoff contention, which I'm not gonna what doesn't happen. But last few weeks we get eliminated from play, playoff contention. You just fire Vance Joseph and give Christian Parker the shot as the interim DC, see how that goes. Or you just wait till the end of season and let's say Christian Parker after the bye, bye week just is really, really good at calm plays. You fire Vance Joseph after the season and Christian Parker's your future DC, and then you have a future head coach in the making. I mean, everybody seems to speak very highly of Christian Parker. I've read multiple articles that you know, multiple coaches to speak very very highly of christian parker um 
I mean, I, I read that uh, when the Broncos stole, when Vic Fangio stole Christian Parker from the Green Bay Packers as their DBs coach, the Packers actually made a very strong push to, you know, retain Christian Parker and get him to convince him to come back. So that just speaks very highly, um, you know, of his uh, his effort and potential as a coach and potential head coach uh, in this league. So, um, you know, I like I said, there's mud on everybody's hands, but there is still potential there with Christian Parker, and I love so much that they kept they kept him because he has that same same kind of like scheme and ideology that Azero Evero had and he was there you know shadowing him in practices and I really do think we have something with uh, Christian Parker um, if things don't continue to go well with Vance Joseph yeah and I think also it looks like we're talking about like so much you know negatives with like the defense and all that and I know you mentioned about the playoffs and stuff I know I've told you this a lot even off air that I'm very big on the coordinator matchups. So I yeah. really, really beg fans that listen to this, listen, you know, follow the Broncos. Don't give up on the season because I have done some future coordinator matchups, g- gathering some info and stats on that. Even though this week it doesn't look good against the Dolphins in terms of coordinator matchups. But in the future, I know we play some very good teams, but coordinator matchups do, do look promising for some of the uh, big matchups that we have, even though you might see a team, oh, they're really good. Look at their record. But the coordinator matchups make a lot. Uh, they they make the games, to be honest. And that's why I was really big on the Rams week one against the Seahawks. So, again, I know we're kind of like on a negative tone right now and thoughts about the defense of Vance Joseph. I just want to leave off on that, from that aspect. Don't give up on the playoffs yet. Don't give up on the season yet. I mean, we're only two weeks in. There's a lot of ball left. I know the defense is struggling right now. We already mentioned all of our positives and negatives, but our positive about Vance Joseph getting this defense right and the solutions that we can have going forward. But yeah, just I know a lot of negative for the Broncos Avenue fans, but trust me, there's a lot of uh, good things coming our way soon. Yeah, and I, I, it's actually kind of crazy because towards the end, we found ourselves kind of defending Vance Joseph. Yeah. Funny enough, I know I, I wrote that article on Predominantly Orange advocating for him to be fired as soon as they can. But as the, as the days have gone on, I've kind of tempered uh, you know tempered my frustrations a little bit and kind of sat back from a logical standpoint and realized the different outcomes the Broncos could take. But I think what you said is a perfect way to go ahead and cap off this show. That is going to be it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys listen on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and leave a comment down. Down below let us know what you guys think about today's episode do you think the broncos should fire van joseph if so when should they fire van joseph and why if you don't think the broncos should ban joseph uh, fire van joseph please let us know in the comments we love reading your feedback as always make sure you guys sub help us get to 2k subs um that is always greatly appreciated and um, we want to keep growing our, uh, our audience so like i said um, please comment for the algorithm that's help, that helps us get out there to uh, you know more suggested uh, feeds on everybody's YouTube uh, feeds as well. So please make sure you guys leave a comment, turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. Make sure you guys check us out. If you're listening over there on Spotify app podcast, I'll leave a five-star rating, hit the follow button, um, and make sure you guys, like I said, turning on notifications. Um, but with that being said, I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez. Uh, we have plenty more episodes coming this week. Until the next one, peace out, everybody. 